So I realized when I switched over the mics like four years ago, the first couple episodes were like totally ridiculously just out of balance. I didn't do any kind of leveling or whatever. It, it was bothering me. So I was like, hey, you know, I never I didn't actually do 300 real episodes of the show. So I plugged all the equipment back in. I said, all right, let's record another one. This is we're, we got it now. 300 episodes. It's going to sound good. And uh, what better way to celebrate 300 <clears throat> episodes than bringing in uh, another local weirdo? And I mean that with uh, with all of the open-hearted goodness that I mean the word weirdo. Uh, welcome. Uh, we've got uh, Keats, uh, a.k.a. Revel Raws, in hey, the studio. Thank you so much. And it is such an honor to be your only 300th guest. Yeah, no, it's, it is. I, I'm glad I'm glad you came on for this, this very historic occasion of the 300th episode <laughs> uh 300 was this g i don't know 300 I, i'm so bad with that on my other show uh oh john and alex hate stuff i always have to remember that i have to tell audiences that i have another show john and alex hate stuff i don't think i've ever actually told them i do an alex cast so i really need to tell that audience i heard show. you yeah i heard you mention that in the other podcast i was like yeah i, I had no idea yeah i really <laughs> i really need to really need to cross promote better but uh, yeah, but on that show, I never know what episode it is. So every time I'm editing, I'm just like, John, what episode are we on? Or I have to actually go to my website and look at the, yeah. look at the thing. All right. So you're the host of uh, Prag, Ma- say it for me. Prag Magic. Thank it's you. It's like pragmatic, but you know, punny with the magic. Yes. It is much like there is a uh, anti-anxiety drug called mm. Kal- 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 Kalonopin. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a word against. Well, I can say Kalonopin, but the it, actual to name read of it, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, the there it's chem. It's actual. That's the brand name. The right. chemical name is Colorazepam. Uh huh. And that word will never like my mouth gives you anxiety. Doesn't want yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the name of your show, it turns out, it I'm gives having you anxiety. trouble. I just I want to say I want to say Praj for some reason. Well, it's not entirely my fault. The name is uh, taken from a book by that was edited by Marilyn Ferguson, uh, who wrote the Aquarian Conspiracy, and she used to put out this zine called the Brain Mind Bulletin, which was kind of this new thought zine of that early uh or late 80s early 90s kind of new age era yeah and they compiled the new thought zines the brain mind bulletin into a book that was around when i was a kid uh that kind of haunted me until i finally opened it up and like really got some use out of it as like good exercises for literally pragmatic pragmatic magical thinking to help kind of conform the subconscious and stuff so i took the name as as a means to, you know, show some respect and to give a salute to, but also throw the K in there to insinuate that it goes a little more into the far magic side yeah. rather than just the subconscious psychological stuff. Yeah. Oh, here's here, so here's the, the thing to tell the audience. And it's one of those deals I don't think we've ever explained. So I think it was Crowley mm-hmm. uh, first uh, put a K at the end of magic yeah. to differentiate it between stage magic yep. and and 
practical magic uh, and high magic yeah. as he called it yeah yeah well he was he was a prat so yeah he uh, was yeah. i um uh, <laughs> like it's it's this is something i try to get around a lot is that i adore the thoth deck the, mm-hmm. the t- like i hate that man i think he's arrogant i think he's a terrible writer yeah like i really dislike pretty much all of what he did for magic except he made a hell of a tower deck like i yeah. love that thing i mean there's there's just certain tenets there's certain things he helped like um either eschew or evolve that really kind of, you know, led the way for a lot of good stuff. Yeah. But I think a lot of it too is there comes a point in somebody's life when they're journeying into this stuff where they realize that they don't need Crowley to really go much further or deeper, dark into it, that he's kind of like the McDonald's ofication of a lot of stuff. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, his image and stuff just being co-opted by more of the aesthetic and the idea of this dark, spooky kind of an occultism really helped kind of weed out, you know, some of the more serious stuff as opposed to, you know, his brand of goofy. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, he took it seriously. I mean, He did. I, and, uh, like, yeah. I don't mean to demean him in, yeah. in any way. I, I'm, I'm really talking about how people kind of conceive of them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was talking about this with uh, Matthew Levi Stevens, who wrote a book about uh, the magic of William S. Burroughs. And he was an old Crowleyite. And we talked about the point that I've been noticing comes a lot in uh, people's magical trajectories where they kind of remove Crowley from their diet or they just, they have enough and they need to go explore elsewhere. Yeah. But... There also comes a point where you he starts coming in, like the the parts that matter start to seep through again. And then you can kind of live in that liminal space of either or with him, you know? Yeah, I'm glad we live in the time that we do because I think I think the people that Crowley influenced, yeah. I, get, I get to have them in my life. And yeah. I don't actually have to listen to him. Like, it's almost like... Um, Kenneth Grant and... Yeah, I mean, yeah. everybody. I mean, yeah. pretty much, like, even like even though Crowley is about as far away from Chaos Magic as possible, but without Crowley being such a over-the-top, everything mm-hmm. has to be so overly complicated, you don't get Chaos Magic because people don't look at them and go, this is just stupid. Like, well, let's just let's boil it down to its component parts yeah. instead of doing a, you know, a 20-month ritual to right. try to get the moon child to come. <laughs> totally. And, like, you know, what's funny, though, is that his kind of adversarial magician it was the person I, I cribbed, I think, most of my, or I gleaned a lot of my knowledge from, which who who was Austin Osmond, Osmond Spare, excuse me. <clears throat> and I took Spare to be my kind of into chaos magic almost directly because he was the one that kind of solidified the sigilism and the automatic writing and all yeah. that stuff, but was uh, famously anti-Crowley to a hilarious degree if you ever read oh, totally. any yeah. of their exchanges. And so I think maybe inherently because of that, because I had made the Beatles versus Stones decision when I was a kid getting into this stuff, it kind of took me away from a lot of the Crowley stuff early on. So I came back to it you know, with more of an open mind and and uh, found a lot of good stuff in what he was doing, but also there's a lot of, a lot of drug-addled stuff that's hard to hard to see through. You know, if we're gonna make a music comparison, I think I think Crowley is like Ingve Malmsteen, where it's like, <laughs> yes, technically you're good at playing guitar, right? It's just unpleasant to listen to. Totally, like, you know, it's I, I get it, Crowley. Like, yeah, all of it. Like, you're well researched. You know more about the occult and magic than probably anybody that was alive at that time. Yeah, but 
you know, you're a dick about it. Also, yeah, just like his, uh, I think just the personification of, you know, the kind of spoiled, rich, drug-addled, you know, pomposity yeah. that comes with, you know, magic during that time being considered that of, uh, you know, a privileged art or something, which it really isn't, you know. It, it definitely has its, more of its ilk and its uh, uh, basis in a lot of the kind of lower class, you know, uh, I don't know, <laughs> lower class isms, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, like I mean, to go to the 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 lady side, the head. The, um, I I associate myself more with like hedge witch than right. like you know yeah, master yeah. witch with cauldrons and vast amounts of spells. You know, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's like the more the the cooker. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, on that note, so I guess you're you're practicing, obviously. Mm. Uh, some, what did you have a do you have a style that you ascribe to yourself or? Uh, no, I'm not not really not anymore. I think I I half jokingly uh, tell people that I'm a reforming chaos magician or a uh, uh one in recovery yeah uh because i really did dive in and i owe a lot to it and i don't ever want to demean any any chaos out there or their practice at all i just um it in kind of ingrained in me a lot of habits that i'm finding are roadblocks to a lot of other stuff that i'm interested in these days so it, there's been a lot of uh experimentation and reformation of of habitual, you know, kind of elemental practices and stuff that I've had to yeah. <laughs> circumvent the inherent rebellion that chaos magic gives and that I thrived with for so long. But most recently, I've been experimenting with, um, you know, uh, devotional practices, uh, going outside of myself, kind of surrendering to unseen forces and giving a little more of the supernatural um, purview, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I can see that how that would swing back to Crowley that way too. Yeah, yeah a little bit, and uh, everything from you know like Enochian stuff, uh, which I am merely just dabbling. You know, and that's the other thing. It's the more I know about this stuff, the less I do. You know. Oh yeah, that's and, it's one of the amazing things about this subject is that when you yeah you start opening doors, you're like, oh, there's thirty doors behind the door that I thought was the deep well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely humbling, and it's uh, at the same time it's been a really good exercise and existing kind of in a liminal space of not really shooting for some kind of mastery or badge or you know what I mean and yeah. that's been really hard maybe it's just uh just kind of the conditioning of the American kid in the 90s or something to kind of be competitive about stuff here and there or try to win something or attain something and so it's been fun to really just uh enjoy the process of learning and and experimenting with this stuff. Yeah, that's what I originally liked about Chaos Magic, where I, I don't know if I'd say I'm recovered, because I, I guess I still would consider myself a Chaos I magician. use it every day. Still. Yeah. Every that, day. It's a part of my morning ritual. Every I, day. I like it in its in its conceptual form of do what works, and yeah. that's what magic is. But I, 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 so I'm, I'm a member of all sorts of, you know, dumb online, you know, chaos magic groups and practical totally. magic groups. Totally, and, and me too, yeah. And, but it's, it gets to this point where people start arguing which way chaos magic, like, uh, which way is the proper way to do chaos magic. Right. And it's just like kind of slapping your head moment of like, the did you not, yeah, part, didn't you read yeah. the book? Like, I mean, this is the, the, the totality of the point of this is that you don't fall into dogmatic, you know, things, which yeah. that amount of chaos magic I like, but it, when it became this whole, like, 
you know, now it, it is so popular online that, you know, there's mm-hmm. like sigil makers that you can go to like a website and type I in your... I just you know, saw that. I think yeah. maybe Ultra Culture is behind that or somebody. Yeah. yeah but the uh, automatic sigil making app or something. Yeah, totally. Which I have I feel weird about entirely. But at the same time, someone brought up, you know, it's great for people with disabilities who want to practice. And so, so okay, I get, I see the, uh, the merits of it, but I think the process of creating the sigil is kind of the whole point. You know? Yeah. And so having something kind of pick one out for you or do one for you is strange. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're right. If it is like, a, a, you know, for someone with disabilities do, but I think it's just designed for people that are too lazy. That, yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of the uh, the inherent problem with chaos magic is that it gets to a point where it gets to be very corner cutting or doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't want to. Uh, fill itself with a lot of the the weird that might come with it and it wants to just go straight to the conforming the subconscious you know yeah there's a lot of i i wrote an article about this a while ago that i was comparing cast magic to computer programming and yeah that's you know it's not it, it's certainly not saying i'm the first person to come up with this but um that people did kind of get to the point where they stopped believing in magic like yeah, they just exactly. got so yeah. and that's where my this is where my magical thinking ends where especially, and this is a lot of why I didn't like Crowley and uh, actually a lot more of the old alchemy types, John D and just right. the, the high match where it is a recipe. And when you do the recipe, this is a result. But at that point you're entering into Scienceville right. and that means this has to be falsifiable. So that means if you put all the things in the cauldron, say the right words, something should happen. If it doesn't happen, that is inherently wrong and then we you're throw... doing something wrong. yeah, yeah so or, when you get to yeah. the point of that it's like well now you're just being shitty at science you're totally. just over complicating things so but now it's funny because chaos magic went the other way where it's like now you're just doing bad science in the other direction like, oh no there's actually no magic it's all just you're changing the way you view the universe it's which like, is well, partly true i mean totally yeah yes but the reason we got here is because mm-hmm. we want effects on the universe exactly yeah and to have an effect outside of yourself is exactly magic you can't there's no if ands or buts but yeah if you're going to change the universe you at some point have to say i'm doing something outside the bounds of science as we understand it. exactly not yes. just oh yeah. no i've I, it's the secret that you manifest all your it's like oh no yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the, the grocery store magic as i yeah, call it yeah but yeah no that's exactly it was that there was something just inherently missing with the practice and i think that you lose a lot when you don't have a uh, devotion or a discipline or a reverence for something outside of yourself, whether that's the just the agnostic idea that there's shit outside of myself yeah. or, you know, because uh, you get high off of that blame. I, I'm to blame for everything. I'm not doing something right with this and this and that and that. And that's great and all, but it really stunts because you forget to be tethered to everyone else which you inherently are. And I think that chaos magic is a great, um, I think it's a tool. Like I use it as a, uh, it's a, one of the tools in my, you know, my, my, whatever people use tools call their tool stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I think it's uh, absolutely like a great, great, excellent, great tactics. If anything, I'm not entirely sure, even if it's not great for experts or beginners like it seems like it could be either or and it's just the in the middle part you know that i feel that uh a lot there's not something not being answered with people who only practice that yeah 
Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I love that you said it's a grocery store uh, magic because literally at the grocery store across the way, they sell sage bundles. Oh, yeah. And I just I always laugh when I walk by. Like, oh. I've literally bought them there. And it's because uh, I'm I, I as much as I claim no, I don't claim anything, but I try to have a bit of a pure view of magic and try to separate myself from kind of the the fickle winds of internet yes. thought but like yes that is i really do just go yeah I'll just burn some sage i don't need i've never read about sage apparently yeah. there's a lot more to it but in my head i'm like ah fuck it i'll just burn some sage i'll scare away the baddies but that's a really yeah. good point i think it might be like a judica isles thing or something or you know something from uh kind of the wiccan or i think it, herbology school of, of things but you're right yeah. i in a lot of the uh kind of room cleansing or the pre-ritual ritual you need to do I, I have yet to come across sage sp- specifically yeah well sage uh, i wonder where we got that. i think it's native american i think was the, it was mm-hmm. what i heard at one point but also back in the 70s when the whole astrology thing kicked in everybody right. said everything was native american because yeah, that exactly. was like that was the hip cool uh background to be at that moment yeah so, i'm from the southwest uh and i from you know my father was big in the the metaphysics so that is exactly what i was yeah. <laughs> raised in is that confluence between uh you know a new age mystic and um yeah i don't know just uh 70s fad or 80s fad yeah we're in the southwest uh albuquerque i was born and then uh raised between there and phoenix prim- primarily so yeah you know, because I've heard Arizona is fucking weird as hell. Like, there's a lot of just weirdo kind of. <sighs> no, I don't want to say cults, but like just gr- groups of the more airy fairy versions of us exist down there. Like yeah, crystal fairs. You know. Oh, totally. <laughs> I think more so even in New Mexico. I think Arizona's got its own. Just... New Mexico was actually the state I was thinking of. Okay, yeah. Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Arizona's Sedona. got its Sedona too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. its own. Taos is, yeah. is the big one that everyone thinks of, and that's that's awesome. It's like I said, that's kind of where new thought still exists or the you know that new age kind of uh overarching astrology and herbology and yeah. you know the, the collection of that all that stuff is still permeates energy work and channeling and you know which is super it's it's all cool um for sure i just uh it it's kind of gotten into its own way as a caricature you know yeah i'm not i've got i'm totally down with like i've been to reiki like i've done a lot of acupuncture i've actually went to beginning reiki like learning how to use it so like i'm totally down with like i love chain to know more. store energy stuff like i'm yeah because it works that's why a lot of people attach themselves well, to yeah. it and the, a lot of the eastern you know cultures that was that's what it was they were you know serviceable things that yeah. you bought on the street for you know help or aid and and certain things in that lower class like, like i was talking about and I've, uh, I think I've got my first Reiki session uh, coming up with a friend here, and I have no expectations. Like I've just never been, yeah, privy to it or seen it. I have done some, I guess you could call it energy work, or that was a symptom of a, a voodoo spell or two that I had been a part of, and I've definitely felt the transference of energy between people and focus and like that but nothing i could quantify and i'm really interested to see how reiki you know pigs that it's it's very interesting like i went into it with a i'm pretty much thinking it's bullshit i mean i wasn't that deep i wasn't saying it was bullshit 
but I my I was leaning towards that side, but I was definitely I try open mind everything. So yeah, I, that's why I showed up. I put yeah. the money on the table and said I I will I'm 100. I'm giving this a try. <laughs> I'm committing to it. I put money down. Damn yeah, it. I and I it yeah I dropped 100 bucks on that session, and but I came out and I actually felt really nice. Like I was like upbeat. And I was like holy shit that did so- like yeah and maybe it was like my, the reiki person i went to for a while i was like re- really pretty lady so like maybe it was just a pretty lady paying attention to me for an hour i mean yeah it i'm sure there's a lot of valuables like that was variables. nice yeah yeah i mean because I, I could also say that you had done the work to kind of talk yourself out of it so it could work the other way that uh, you have a uh a cleaner uh reaction because you were so healthily skeptical about yeah. it yeah and you got something out of it so yeah i mean it could work Either way, I mean, there's there's no price you could put on experiences like that, though. If anything that keeps the mind, like, uh, abreast of, you know, crazy shit that you don't understand is, is worth the money to me, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you got the money to talk right? around with, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's... I was going to say, I wanted to bring up, because I know that um, me, you, and Eric from My Alchemical Bromance literally live within a mile radius, I think. Oh, yeah. From each other, and I refuse to think that's because either a podcasting is just that hip, or b and b the occult is just that hip and serious yeah. in, in Portland. You know, like I really, I really do feel that this is an anomaly. That us it's, <laughs> it's possible. So I've said, I've said for a while, like not jokingly, that if you look at the map of Lad's Edition, mm-hmm. I think this is a spell. Like the way this neighborhood is designed. So people at home. Uh, Look up Lad's Edition, Portland, Oregon. You, you'll see a map of, of the neighborhood I live in. It's a, two it, turnstiles, two different turnstiles. Yeah, or well, there's courts, a yeah. one, yeah, one center main park area that's a circle, and then they're just radiating main streets. That mm-hmm. at every intersection, there's a tiny garden area. Yeah. And if you think, it, like, it just looks it's a like, vortex. yeah, it looks yeah. like it was designed for a magical purpose. Like there was supposed to be a spell or something done in the middle. Actually, Eric and I are trying. We're gonna do. Uh, I think next episode we're gonna try to do a spell of some kind in the in the oh, center of that cool. circle. It's yeah. a dumb thing. We're trying to invoke a, a cartoon character, but uh, you know, just we're just doing it for fun. But hopefully, the attributes of that cartoon character you're okay with exhibiting afterwards. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll <laughs> yeah, see. You know, like, you know, if if it's because that's that's my oh, it worked. If you start acting. As yeah. if you were that cartoon but character. Being so, you know, being lads adjacent, I would, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that brings because there's a weird energy in this neighborhood and Portland's a weird energy place in the first, you know, kind of yeah. just from the jump, but especially the layout of here. It's just, every time I look at a map, I go, that's no way. Like that's not, there was something behind it. It's like Washington yeah. DC where, you know, people like draw the, uh, the other pentagrams and, Okay, that wasn't a thing that happened, and I swear I'm naturally finishing the sentence saying, like, DC is designed that way, in which there's, like, weird pentagrams and strange things hidden in it. And then you started a sentence that I can predict. (laughs) Right. Uh, What comes to mind when you talk about that, though, is uh, California, specifically. I think it's, uh, I want to say Chico, Chico, California, or Chino. One of those towns that are kind of uh, over... Like, it's no secret that there was some um, occult geometry and how it was constructed and laid out. Like, uh, it's it's almost part of their history, I think. It's just so above ground about yeah. what their intentions were. So it's not... I don't think... I mean, the Masons themselves, right? Isn't that the whole kind of yeah. background? It's, that Mason Civil engineering has got to be a part of... Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Eric's one, and I've talked to him extensively yeah. about it, and it's... Yeah, there's some there's some ritual involved there, but like that, 
I've lo- the, the the magic of the Masons have gone away over the years of learning more about them and having met them. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe this was something a couple hundred years ago or whatever. But now it's it's right. just you know a fraternal order that's got some interesting. I mean, they certainly you know learn about interesting stuff, but yeah. the whole you know uh, controlling anything or doing massive magical works. But I mean, yeah, who the hell? Knows? I think it's yeah. more. Like, yeah, I, I I don't know, but. Uh... My grandfather was one. I think my father was one for a short time. And all I really took from it until I met Eric and really kind of got the inside scoop of his order a little bit of just, you know, the correlation between their his specific sect being more interested in the magic part is that the rest are mainly like more of a philanthropic, you know, uh, fraternity yeah. or something. But... There's got to be something to be said. I know as, you know, as a chaos chaos magician, that's got to be uh, pretty uh, interesting to you. Just the, like, years and years and years of devout, like, ceremony and ritual and practice that they do, you know, and they carry these traditions that carry over, right? Some, somewhat. I, I come from, I, I mean, I don't know what my, what you would call it, but, like, I so I, I was raised Catholic. This is the way I'll explain it. Uh-huh. And... I think that's a lot of energy to put into this, the the dead man on a tree, but it has nothing to do with real religion. It's got nothing to do with real belief. It's a lot of people just, it's litanies and saying things by rote. You're right. And I think that's, I think it's, it's undirected energy and it is powerful in a way, but it doesn't do anything. It's just kind of like, and I think. It's just basically doing it's doing a ritual without having any of the meaning behind it. Like it's certainly mm-hmm. being my when I would grow up, like I don't know anything that fucking dude was saying. I was just bored out of my skull on a Sunday, yeah. but they had a bunch of people in that room, you know, worshiping that thing hanging from the ceiling where yeah. I don't know that that actually like does. I don't know if that actually leads to anything practical. It's like it, it's, it's kind like, of missing the fundamental thing, which is intent, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or there's intent, but it's not like it's it's unfocused intent. It's it's it would almost be like um I don't know, pouring gasoline on the ground. Like, it's still gasoline. Right. Like, but it's, you know, you have to put it in a car and turn a key, like... Well, in a sense, yeah. it's kind of like that, you know, what you're supposed to do with sigils when you forget what they're about, but you're just supposed to still draw them and remember them. Yeah, but I think the 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 architect of that church, you know... Yo, the, totally. Is, it, it would be the one that, that, you know, kind of the power of the church goes to, and it yeah. seems to be like this nebulous region. It's just like... Like, you know, the Vatican's still around, you know, like, so it's still, there's something there, but it just feels like this, this kind of empty system you're throwing power into. I think that's the big thing is that there is a lot, there probably is a lot of power. It's just no one knows what they're actually subscribing or doing. Yeah. So it just kind of, it powers everything. Like, I I think about that a lot with like the internet stuff, like um, how... Like within the past like six years, the Slender Man went from... Oh, yeah. Somebody made that up to... Like those girls in the woods tried to kill their friend over it. Yes, the yeah. movies made about it, and now it's like essentially actual folklore. Creepy pastas become the modern American folklore. Yeah, yeah. and it's become this, or thing. not even like the modern, like it's become true crime. It's like surpassed yeah. like folklore, urban legend. Now it's it's an actuality, like a at a, a a cause of major you know crimes and and whatnot. Yeah, and that's why I think kind of. I don't know if I've got like the best way to word, it, but I think that's something like the church where it's right now, that's just where the energy is. And mm-hmm. it's to kind of this self-propagating cycle, but for no real purpose. Like, I mean, yeah. all it did was create a myth and like, that's something, I mean, that's powerful, but it's, 
all it did was create a myth. And it seems like the church did that same thing where it's just energy going into the same system. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a windmill, you know, yeah. but it doesn't have the, you know, the, the, the mill for grinding weed attached to it. So it's just a windmill going around and around instead of like making bread. You yeah. know, it's like this cool. Yeah. You, you've got all these people showing up every week doing this kind of energy work and going nowhere. That's right. That's, you know, yeah. I mean, it weirds me out too, when you think about it in the context of, uh, you know, old grimoires and stuff. How do you know they weren't written by some, you know, energy sucking charlatan that was telling you to do this, you know, and you'll get these things when really every time you attempt one, you're just feeding this eternal darkness more power. You you know, know? the closest thing to an enlightening statement I've ever had, because I've been one of those people that just eschew gurus. It's just, Uh oh yeah, me too. I call them the new gurus. Like you spell new metal. Oh yeah, and you with an umlaut umla, or umlaut, umlaut. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the closest thing I've ever gotten to somebody with kind of like this awakening moment was I don't remember. I read in a book. It may have been Robert Anton Wilson, mm. as you your previous episode. But at some point, somebody made the comment: just because you don't have a body anymore doesn't mean you know fuck all. Word. So why is it that we just can like we make contact with something on the in quotes other side? And it's why yeah. yeah why the hell do we immediately go? Oh yeah, that dude's yeah he's on the level. Like, yeah. what, what the hell does, like, discorporeality have anything to do with telling the truth? You're like, completely right. Yeah. yeah. How do it, you know you're not just existing in a fabricated space? Yeah. Or Even just, more so, though. Yeah, you just yeah. got some demon on the other side going, yeah, I'm your grandpa Frank. Ooh, yeah. talk to me. And it's just, yeah, just and it was one of those moments of, like, yeah, I've entirely taken it for granted. And I think every work of fiction and movie takes it for granted that yeah. if you're on the other side of talking to you, oh, yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. And how we judge the uh, the legitimacy of these things, whether it's like by age or, you know, by the sheer amount of people practicing, like none of these are good indicators, yeah. <laughs> like unless I guess you practice it and you really see results, you know, for something positive or what you intended to. But even still, I feel like it's so subjective in a way that there's not really a corroborated, you know, uh, category of results to say otherwise well there's i the one i can give and there of the of the the abrahamic religions yeah the one i can give is is, um is healer jesus on the cross Uh and those people that find their come to jesus moment and quit heroin or whatever right now there's a lot of psychology behind that but if we're going to talk about the world through a magical space the healer god healed these people and there is a certain kind of fuel to that of yeah you are i mean it you know it should be asclepius or whatever but like it's you know for right. now it's healer god jesus that you know they found it and i'm certainly people at home i'm not saying worship jesus that's that's <laughs> really on the list of bad things to worship that's 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 really high up there committed more atrocities and than than baphomet and satan combined. well see and that's not i mean in the name of him it's well, that's not even I mean. his yeah. fault you know it's like the dude gets a bad rap either way even if he well, was existing yeah if you, yeah. If, you, if, you <laughs> if you actually read his words he does tell he there's there, i'm like, sure yeah i think it's in luke that he actually says you should you can kill children if they don't believe in really him. Like, yeah there's like a bad line yeah like there, a lot of his stuff is cool like let's be cool well i mean give, yeah give give food to peasants yeah. etc but like there's a couple of weird and I think it's just in Luke because Luke's like the shitty gospel that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, – oh, so anyway, sorry. I wanted to circle back just because Abrahamic religions reminded me. Um, 
the the thing that I think has the most power in the in the world right now, and I want to know what it is. You know when when the Muslims go and they go on Hajj to that weird black stone in Mecca, yes, and they all walk the, around in a circle. Like the obulus. Yeah, just yeah. think about that. Like that is like a generator or like a, just a battery. Like how totally. much shit is built up in there. Like if this is a sci-fi story or or something with magic in it, like that is a that that stone has some fucking juice in it. Absolutely, and I, yeah, that that brings me back to just kind of you know performing the age-old ceremonies and stuff i was talking to robert a powell on an episode and we were talking about when you when you uh do these rituals that are you know a old 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 rituals that have been done consistently for throughout the centuries you know you're almost like a direct channel to the past like you're kind of transcending you know the energy is is like a, a time like a tunnel you know to and from a direct chain so i can't imagine something like that i had you know i've read uh for fun uh for shits and gigs like a lot of the conspiratorial stuff and you know they say everything from you know it's a it's an alien rock or you know it's a bubble it's this or this it is a generator it's an energy generator and the entire time I'm thinking they mean it literally, but they're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like It is. I'm sure it is. It is uh, a kind of transcendental artifact, you know, in and of itself, just because it's it's staying alive. It's staying uh, consistently prevalent in this huge devotion forever, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, I'm sure you can't defeat that kind of that power in something, you know? Yeah. But you have to, so my, I mean, I guess my, not my question, but my, I guess my desire in the universe is like, where do we get our, our, uh, I forget, I forget to coin this term, but a Merlin class uh, magician. When do we get our Merlin class magician to, to tap into that thing? And I don't know, make me fucking resurrect a dragon or something like that. Yeah. Or, I mean, that's got, if, if there's real magic in the world, that mm-hmm. thing's got to have the juice to do something big. Well, you know? I think, yeah. And that brings me back. Yeah. I know. I think, I, I think what, I know what you mean is why if there is some real, real magic in these real magical practitioners, why aren't they doing something like uh, phenomenally supernatural for all of us to kind of relish in? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just, or just so is, we know, yeah. we know but it's I mean, real. That yeah. would be the battery to do it from, you know, like right. if you're, you know, if, if you want to, if you want to show an iPod, you know, you need that iPad, you need that shit, you know, powered up and <laughs> got some juice in it, but that must be the biggest battery in the, you know, the world right there. It reminds me of the 2001 obelisk yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Well, maybe that's it. You know, maybe that, that's, that's our evolutionary point. But I think, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, religious systems are concerned, I think, I think we can kind of throw those to the side. We're, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They've I, had their time. We're yeah. Good. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think there is, um... Like what I've been talking about is, you know, working through different devotions and stuff. I think it's important to to glean just kind of a, a, a reverence or a respect for the past and traditions and stuff. But to be guided by it and to be um, jurisdicted by, you know, uh, those those things is just so detrimental to me. And, it's, you know, I mean, it's just detrimental to every everybody. But what I was thinking earlier when you when I I think I misread you when you were saying that. Why don't, why doesn't a magician, the Merlin card thing, uh, I took it as like, why, if there is magic, why isn't a magician, you know, done something to prove that there's magic in a, in a I way. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. Right. So, and I think I may have an answer and it's not the one that anyone's going to fucking like, because it is the one that 
uh, writes itself out of the equation. And it's something that I've come across with magic, specifically with wants or um, using magic for, you know, desires and stuff. And I've learned kind of the hard way and I, I'm still learning and I'm, Lord knows I'm going to continue learning this uh, is that the real spells or the real things that you cast that work, um, you don't want those things when they do. Like once you get you get the uh, the results that you want when you're done looking for them. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like you got to stop wanting to achieve it. And of course, everyone, I can hear the collective sigh right now, and because <laughs> like yeah. it's like a writer's trick to get out of that. Uh, I mean, it kind of plot yeah. hole, you know. But, but there's also, I mean, there there's you know, uh, kind of uh, determinist bias going on there, mm-hmm. wherein. Like all right, so so I've been perennially single, and it's been a been a bane of my existence for a while now. And I, the thing I've heard so many times is, you know, when you give up, that's when she's going to show up. And I assure mm. you, I've one hundred percent given up on multiple occasions. Yeah, and motherfucker, I and I'm not saying that in the well, I'm going to try to give up. I literally went, yeah, I just give up. I'll just live my life without. It. It's cool. Like, yeah, nope. I think that that's different in the sense that that's actually, uh, you know, a free will that is. Uh, outside of you yeah. navigating. And but I, I think, mean, what isn't? No, totally. You know, and, you know, and I think that's like the big, you know, dilemma on what is white or black magic to use the those archaic terms and stuff. But what I keep coming across is that anytime you attempt to do anything uh, regarding the will of somebody else, you're probably going to be sadly mistaken or brokenhearted yeah. about it, you know? And I think that's more, it's less, it has to do with, the actuality of the results and more to do with um, your mindset of where you are when doing it. Cause when I, not to say you are, or you were there or ever casted any spells to do that. Um, but it just reminded me of that idea when a friend of mine was going through some really serious shit with someone he loved and he needed all sorts of things. And, uh, he didn't consult me because I would not be the person to talk to. But what he told me he did was, you know, a little this, a little that. And it had everything to do with conforming this other person's subconscious, you know, for him or something, as yeah, no, he put it. No, that's rapey. Yeah. No, that's gross. And, yeah, yeah. like, to me, I was like, you literally just described black magic to me. Yeah. Like, this is this is the – and I'm not even using the, like, ooh, spooky devil – bullshit no this is the deepest darkest magic you could try to perform and not because you may get results it's because you're turning your mind into somebody thinking that they can get those results and that is scary yeah you know so that was tangent no no so no it's it's a cool thing to talk about because like i've done love spells but in Uh no way like literally uh, like but the point is is like you know you like venus kind of stuff where it's uh, manifest the situation in which I can meet someone. Yeah, it was like because there are these healthy ways to do things, but then there's this other path where, and I've just never understood it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do understand it. It's just ego-driven shitheads. But it's like, <laughs> oh, I want to control this person, or I want to change their mind, or I want to, you know, things like. And it's all tricks to them. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. that's. I mean, this is gross. I mean, that's rapey. That's you know, that's totally. that's like saying, oh, I can put this roofie in this girl's drink and then she'll agree to sleep with me. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. Like, that's yeah. that's that's not how you know. Not to use the term consent with magic, but that's not how magical consent works. Works, no, know? that's uh, no means no on every plane of existence. Yeah, <laughs> and all dimensions of reality. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I, who knows? Maybe there's some weird, you know, mixless pitalic uh, uh, upside down dimension. But yeah, we, since oh, we don't totally. live in there, let's let's yeah. not. Yeah, that left hand path shit. I've, the, here's the ones I don't understand are, are um, not Satanists, not the Anton LaVey Satanists, but the ones that actually right. worship Satan. There are people out there that try to do this. Right. I think We're, now they're trying to distinguish themselves as quote unquote Luciferianisms because yeah, it's yeah. A satanic church or Satanists are not at all what. Uh, that means yeah but the yeah. ones that actually worship like this de- the evil deity quote unquote the, you know very left hand right. path the stuff. adversary but yeah. that's just what a dumb choice of something to, to believe in like if there's any kind of thing to give energy to it's like literally that character was yeah. created to lose the battle like, yeah fuck, i mean you know pick pick an earlier god then like one that could possibly win like i mean it seems like a really it's like it's like putting your money on the fucking on 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 cobra from gi yeah. joe it's like no they're gonna lose dude totally like he was literally created to show uh to go to prison you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like to show even the best looking of them and the brightest of them yeah. you know yeah seriously yeah you're worshiping a warden at like the shittiest fucking prison totally yeah. that's I, I think like Jason Jason Louv had said something once about um he had some good Star Wars analogy too where it's like if you really wanted to um promote something antithetical to Star Wars you wouldn't walk around with a Darth Vader mask you know if yeah. you really wanted to pro- promote something antithetical to Christ or or you know whatever religion you're being rebellious against you wouldn't wear their bad guy mask or or worship their bad guy mask because yeah. it's all part of that. You're just, you know, playing the same game just on a different side, you know? Yeah, like just go or just go a different – like get like some of those Japanese yokai masks or like demon masks. And like, I mean, that yeah, one, create cool, your own. At least, at, least you got, at least you got a different like uh, – a different rule book to draw from. Again, yeah. You know, why, why root for Cobra and GI Joe? You know, they're literally, they were made to lose, you know? I mean, I guess in the same way that Satanists root for, you know, Satan, but in that funny way that they want to play that game. And it's more of a using him as a symbol, um, to, you know, get or for self love and self interest, but it's not to go against, you know, the, the tenets of anything it's to empower themselves see that i'm cool with it's yeah like, that's why i like like i like the kind of weird old gnostic thing where totally like they they are worship like they're basically saying god is the devil you know god mm-hmm. is yaldab if it's it's this and the archons de- yeah this and, yeah. De- god is this demented idiot inbred thing that pretended to be god because we were just idiot apes that believed him that's cool because then it's like right? you, you are going against god but for like like just, I mean, I guess just as a story writer, this makes sense to me because now mm-hmm. you get now you have a way to beat him because he's not actually God. But if you go, no, he's actually God. He created this this douchebag that runs his prison. I'm gonna worship the douchebag that runs the prison. That's right. Just, that's just that's one shitty storytelling and two just a dumb. That's why would you? That's stupid. That's like it's like rooting for the, the that team that plays against the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, they're, they're never gonna <laughs> yeah, win. They're never gonna win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're gonna look really bad losing. Yeah. Um, that bucket's full of confetti. You know this. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you specifically if you um, utilized any uh, practices or anything to to write or to to create story. Yeah, I I do. Um, oh boy, how to describe it? So, uh, Grant Morrison, I think we described oh, yeah. it as being a hyper sigil. Like ah, that's, that's so, literally what I call my podcast too. Yeah. So yeah. so periphery, like the book I wrote, is. 
it's designed as it's a combination thing, but it's literally an it's a, an initiation ceremony. So when you read the book the first time, there's a way to read it, and there's multiple ways to read it. I mm-hmm. left it that way, but if you stop after the last page, go oh I read periphery, turn around and start reading again. You have different eyeballs. Like literally, I've you didn't know what I did, but wow. I now I've inducted you into that world, and there's an entirely different story going on. Like there's there's things that I told you in the first like hundred pages that you didn't have the eyes to see until the book was over. Amazing. And then rereading it. So yeah, it's not so much chaos magic, but it's more like initiatory. Where every story I like to have, not every story. That's huge exaggeration, but stories that have like a kind of the ones that I write with a weirder aspect to it. Mm-hmm. I like to have it as a. Not transformative, but just an initiatory thing where, like, now you've been initiated into the story. So yeah. it is like this kind of hypersedge where I've implanted this kind of this means to understand a story in you. And now, if you went back and read it again, now that story will have a completely different flavor and meaning to it than the, your first go through. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm really interested to see how you kind of uh, directed the reader to do so with each. Like, you did you almost formulaically? implant things places so that they caught those first so that when they went back that they would discover certain things or was it kind of choose your own adventure but you're never going to choose the same one sort of twice so so i wrote it with there is in my head there was two good ways to read it the first way through Mm -hmm. and a two and a half good ways and then actually somebody pointed out another one after i had written it and went oh shit so I almost kind of want to claim that there was three because like right. they came up with one that I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. But I, I, I wrote it with two and a half. But the idea was that upon reading it again, it, I it, without giving too much away, but upon reading it again, it's not necessarily like it chooses between those two and a half, but it elucidates why there's more than one way to read it. And there's a couple of spots where it is without giving away the details. But there, there's so some of the things I, I put in where... You don't know why something happened, and it totally makes sense in context, but when you read it again in light of what happens later, it will be a, oh, fuck. Like okay. a, oh, like, didn't you get this t- minor moment that, well, it's basically just showing you the whole idea like of periphery seeing out of the sides of your eyes. Yeah. It's not even foreshadowing. It's, 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 it's retro, it's retro causality foreshadowing is, wow. is, it's foreshadowing, but only when you read the book again, and then it's foreshadowing. Holy shit. Yeah. Today has just been chocked full of synchronicities, but I was literally just listening to something on the way to your house, and uh, the the topic of that causality was is not linear. Yeah, was I've been a thing. with that recently. Yeah? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, so, yeah, like, uh, they use the example if, you know, when you tell, like, what would you say to yourself when you were a kid, you know, if if knowing what you know now? But they use the example of like you literally are in a way, like yeah. the things you're doing, you're already reconstructing the past. You know, I it's I'm it's hard for me to even put in words, I guess. Well, here's simply, the but so that's here, incredible that that's exactly what you're. Here's the um the 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 thing I heard. So the, these these scientists, and when I say these scientists, I never remember details. So yeah, yeah. Very much. Just look it up for your fucking self. Like, I, as the 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 motto of the Alex test should be never believe what I say. Just look it up because I'm usually about a third <laughs> right. But they basically did a test, and I'm gonna put the test into my own words. That so they'll give let's say um, a test of random knowledge, which I don't think is actually what happened. They give fifty people the, the same test, uh-huh. you know, separately. Uh, 25 of those, after the test is over, they give the answers to. The other 25, they don't. 
then they grade the tests. The 25 that were given the answers afterwards, so retroactively knew the answers after they'd already filled the whole test out, did better on the test than the group that didn't get the answers afterwards. <sighs> Thinking that they knew they were getting the answers, so... Well, yeah, it's a yeah. retrocausality. It's like right. literally they knew the answer in the future and it affected the past. Now, it's, that's very much not what the experiment was, but it was something close enough to that that when you look it up. But yeah, the idea is that, that knowledge from the future or, or instances of the future can actually affect the past. That, you know, time's arrow, even though that is some everybody's know, well, not a, scientists know that's bullshit, but it's actually even more bullshit than we thought. That what? time's arrow is can actually go the other way. I wonder what that, I mean, how that translates to, obviously it translates, especially to something like chaos magic, when you're, you know, you're convincing yourself of the result, basically. But you're, you're, you're putting in the work, so you're reinforcing this, yeah. convincing yourself of the result. So when it, you know, it, it works in a way. I'm trying to apply it to... Well, um, I had, um, when I was little, I remember this clear as fucking day, uh, I was asked about um, what I was going to be in the future. Right. And I remember I said that I, I the long story short is that I'd be happy that I'm you know I'm going to just end up writing a book that after I'm dead, maybe like four or five random people will find it on a bookshelf and be like really into it and influence <laughs> them. And it became this thing of like, but going back like long after Perfect came out of like, I kind of like foresaw this of like being a niche writer. Now, is that right. I mean, obviously that's yeah. the same brain. So maybe I just, you know, I was similar to myself when I was young or. Is this some kind of retro causality? Like, did I kind of, did I remember my future a little bit and being like, oh, I, I end up, I do end up having like this weird niche level of kind of people get turned on, like, yeah. you know, awakened by the book, but you know, it's not a bestseller and never will be or, you know. Yeah. I like the, uh, the more of the, the trans, you know, trans, transcendental time jump yeah. idea rather than you just you know, conformed your subconscious into it and it, you know, you were making micro decisions without you knowing that fulfilled that yeah. promise as things like, you know, chaos magic or some other things would, would just say just to kind of quiet any doubts of, you know, the science behind anything. Yeah. But I think there is something to that. And as a matter of fact, I think that's, uh, that's exactly where I'm at and a lot of what I'm doing, it's I I'm in a place where I'd rather or I would have more faith in um, the extra normal or supernatural kind of uh, things regarding my trajectory than I do just based off linear causality. That yeah. makes sense. No, yeah, I follow that. I mean, I have no idea if the audience will, but I'm a weirdo. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> I know. I like uh, this. Is this is the first time I've been interviewed in a really long time? So forgive oh, me. Oh no, I think you're so clear. <laughs> you were you were clear as crystal to me. It's yeah. just we're 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 in a very niche world that we're just right. <laughs> like yeah. so. Yeah, but I guess basically what I'm saying is that uh, uh, faith in it of itself to me, or it, yeah, I guess just kind of an agnostic faith or a a. a not as I don't want to use the word surrender. It's such a bad word, but in a way, a, a surrender to uh, the unknown has is to me more hopeful than uh, just merely making it so that I make every decision right. Yeah, you know. Um, I know that sounds eerily like someone on their way to. Uh, go to jesus camp or something but yeah, no, that's, that's well i mean that's literally the first of the 12 steps so right yeah. okay yeah so that's not that and that's not my that's not what i mean but that's funny that that is um 
Well, you know the you no, know, but interesting enough, you know the twelve steps were intuited in a dream. An angel talked to Bill W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah. So I mean, that was that was literally an act of magic. Was the twelve steps? Came oh, from that's it. It was, funny. Yeah, it was intuited. Yeah. I think he. I think it was like a. I don't know if it was an angel, but it was like a dream kind of weird thing that huh. came to him, and he was told the twelve steps through this outside entity. So, yeah. like, it, you know, it's it's not that we actually are talking about something esoteric and kind of spiritual and weird, even though it's now it's this, you know, weird Jesusy quit drinking oh, and thing. I, yeah, yeah, and I didn't even mean that because, like, I have uh, lots of friends that are in the program, and I think one of the first things they omitted was the. Uh, god part and replaced it with higher power yeah right. totally yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah now it says yeah submit yourself to higher yeah yeah no, i think i think i think you're on i i mean not like my opinion but i think you're on a good path there because it's something that i'm kind of um uh, jealous of a little bit i wish i could get myself in that headspace but i'm oh yeah, yeah and that, that's why uh you know i'm so excited to talk about it it's such a change in paradigm i think mainly because i've just grown to uh, you know, the, all the all of the things that I've overcome and all of that shit were so addicted to get uh, used to saying that I did it and all of that. And yeah. it, it was true. And it and I really do feel to blame on a lot of it. But I think there comes uh, something really uh, sweet or just kind of beyond myself that comes with the experience I'm having now where the moment I just kind of, I don't know, let go of my rigid uh, blame for myself for everything has, it, it sounds kind of like a serial killer saying, I was guided by a force or something. That's oh, no. uh, no, not what I mean. I don't understand what I mean is well, what I mean. What like you, it's, it's kind of nuts. Have, but you, have, you, done, have you done the Buddhism thing? Uh, I, you know, I, the Tibetan book of the dead is the basis for a thing that I've been writing forever. So oh, I just mean like the simple bog standard for, oh, truth yeah, no, that's, yeah, but that's what you're saying is yeah. I mean, that's, it's, they refer to it as ego death in a lot of traditions oh, where, yeah. but what you're referring to is it not necessarily is it's your desire to feel remorse or feel blame or feel ownership mm-hmm. over something. And that's your desire is the root of suffering. This whole thing so is liberating yourself from from yeah. the desire is that step towards enlightenment so it is and i think i mean this is just spitballing because obviously i'm not going to tell you what your brain's doing no but please it's do. not it's not like you're submitting right it's that you're 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 shedding you know it's it's exactly. that's that that's that enlightenment yeah. that moksha like the the nirvana where it is you're no longer desiring and desire doesn't have to be for good things like yeah. i have such a desire to blame myself like i hate who i was like 15 years ago oh, and yeah. that is such a desire like that is a that is i just i want to hate me and i yeah. want to get you know i also want to get rid of that but that's also a want but when you draw when you can drop both of those that's the the ah moment. I'm I'm so jealous of anything like that. Like well, I would love yeah. to do that. I think like yeah, and it's because I've only gotten a peek of it. You know, yeah. like I've 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 felt or I've found a a space. You know, a couple seconds a day where I hit that, and I'm like, okay, it puts everything in the perspective. But you know, I've um, I still pull shit to this day that I am absolutely at fault for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or I re- the the big thing is reacting, right? Like uh. You know, I just kind of went through a sort of uh, a band breakup, I guess, to put it pretty layman. And every part of me wanted to react in the most juvenile, you know, uh, 
bullshit way. But I, you know, would normally feel so fucking guilty about wanting or what I said or or how I would do it. And it wasn't until recently where, you know, I found kind of humor and how to expect that contradictory nature of me. Yeah. And I think really that's what it is. It's that it's this kind of not only like, uh, uh, yeah, like you said, not surrender or uh, submission, but a kind of um, resolve that would be uh, non-rigid, that I am in a contradictory space at all times. Like I myself am not, you know, n- kind of known or like there's no action that I'm I meant to do because I can still you know not do that action I think and it's you know a lot of the blame and all that stuff is because you expect yourself to react in certain ways or you fall into that pattern and the human mind loves patterns and you want to know yourself and you know what I mean you want to fit all the pieces together and I think uh just recently I've just I've found a real kind of bliss within uh, not knowing that or just kind of sitting back and watching how I, yeah. how I react with stuff without, you know, being too hard on myself either way. But yeah, I, obviously I'm not uh, dexterous with my words here about no, this situation because it is so fresh, you know. But it's also this is uh, if you were dexterous enough with your words to describe it succinctly over the course of 15 minutes an hour right you would be a guru and have written books and be a millionaire like that's with this is this has been philosophy for thousands of years and it's, you know if you had the ability to do that that bad you'd be fucking buddha mark too and you know what i i i don't know if i wouldn't if i could you know yeah because like i want to think that i have these i absolutely do have these like these morals or these like pillars these tenets these structures that hold up kind of my you know uh, base self or something but i'm just reminded every day how remarkable i know less about yeah my reaction or my reactive nature i, I think i'm probably misquoting but carl jung said something about enlightenment being how a man reacts or something yeah. to put it real simply and i don't know that's just kind of been in my brain a lot is uh I think a lot of the times I I do things or maybe people do things uh, for the fear of either one way or the other, how it's going to affect or react within them. And I think it keeps people from doing a lot of stuff, but it also, you know, keeps people from doing a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, no, it keeps society going. Yeah, <laughs> and I think there is a really good, uh, clean area when you realize which is which and that it's okay to let go in this department but it's even better to hold firm in this one you yeah know? and for those that can't see what i'm doing i'm just showing my hands on other sides yeah he's doing uh, kind of bob fossey <laughs> jazz fingers it's 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 almost like dance but <laughs> yeah i know and like uh and i just i love this opportunity that i get to say it out loud and it's going to be generated to you know your listeners and people are going to listen to this and think man this guy is having a fucking meltdown or a breakdown or you know like i i love that people will listen to this and have ideas about a process i'm just currently on and really have no idea what i'm yeah. talking about you know well, and i think that to that it means that i've changed and i'm somewhere where i can uh 
it's okay for me to talk about shit I don't quite understand with what's happening and, uh, you know, put it out there and be all right with it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think people that sound like they know what they're talking about, uh, myself uh, very much included, because oh, I do, too. Yeah. I very much try to say on the show a lot, because I do speak definitively of, you have to understand that I'm speaking definitively from a way of, I pretty much think I'm wrong all the time, but yeah. going back to uh, Robert Anton Wilson, one of my favorite things yes. he did is, is he said, any belief system is exactly that BS belief system. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. And that doesn't just mean a belief system like the fancy ones with titles or religious connotation. Like my belief system that I'm either a nice guy, a jerk, I'm either enlightened, that I'm dumb, I'm smart. Every single one of those is a belief system. Right. And all of them exactly. are equally bullshit. Yes. The good ones and the bad are bullshit. And questioning every single step of that leads you to a place of it's really fucking hard to make definitive statements especially about your your current mindset because it's like yeah. I don't know what to fucking tell you, man. Like, I'm in a weird, I'm in this kind of cosmic waveform. I'm in this weird Schrodinger's cat. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have exactly. to open the box yeah. to find out if I'm dead right now. I don't I'm know. Both. Yeah. 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 I'm both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm simultaneously I'm both. the Pharmacon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's really difficult to say. Like, so I've been going through this whole, I mean, my whole life I've been going through this depression thing. But if you listen to the show. I've uh, yeah. Whole, yeah. I know you mentioned. I uh, also uh, deal heavily with stuff but so this yeah. this microdosing thing is this weird so like i'm like kind of symptom free a bit after mm-hmm. doing the microdosing but people still ask me how i'm doing and my immediate response is like yeah you know, i'm not so great right but it's like yeah, yeah i'm conditioned to do that and it's like wait what am i doing no i was fine today like i've i enjoyed small talk with that asshole i had to deal with like <laughs> you know it was like no it, it was nice out and like but i'm i'm trained and it's weird mm-hmm. that you do have to study that because even if like i'm working with a fresh brain in a certain level that yeah. is producing the chemicals that it needs to produce to be a way that like functional in the way that normal people are. But I've got years of experience yeah. training you the other way. And that's a belief system and it's bullshit. You know, it's absolutely, it's, but, yeah. it, but it's one of those belief systems that you don't even, you're unaware of because you're not like when it's simple as someone saying I'm a morning person. Well, that's a belief system. Like maybe it's true, but have, when was the last time you experimented? Yeah. Oh you know? God. And you know, like the whole world frowns about being agnostic or is like in, in, the, in everything. Yeah. Like Robert Anton Wilson said, you know, I'm, a, I'm agnostic and everything, not just God, but you know, politics, blah, 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 yeah. like everything. And that's the only way to be. And we are not rewarded as a society to ask questions or not be, have a hot take on something and be, so definitive and certain about shit. I mean, it's almost like a, a circus these days for um, people flocking to ones that have the loudest opinion or certainty about something. So it's very antithetical to what is being rewarded, especially in media, you know, to come out and say, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm going through some shit. I've done a lot of reading. The more I know, the less I know. You know, like uh, well, thank thank invisible bullshit God that yeah. podcasts exist that we can right. have. You know, it's not like I. You know, we don't have Fox News numbers, but like we do have people listening to this, and maybe somebody gets you know a little a little scratch that makes them open their mind a little bit. Yeah, like and, I I yeah. had a I had a big fight with one of my friends somewhat recently, where uh, I told them I feel fucking terrible about Don- for Donald Trump, and they were it was like this instant switch went off, like this yeah. rage switch. I'm like, but like. You understand that, like, he was abused as a child. Like, his father taught him these awful, awful things. He taught him, like, these weird eugenics theories that, like, white people are better. Like, oh, yeah. he was bit browbeaten to the point that he became this this demagogue, awful human. Like, he he had a really horrible childhood. Like, yeah, yeah. he was raised rich, but, like, 
That's no, a he's a total Frankenstein. Yeah, so yeah. it's like I can monster. Yeah, I can have empathy for him. Like I do feel bad for him. I want him the fuck out of office. And yeah, I, you absolutely. Know, I, would, I w- wouldn't. I wouldn't be unhappy if he had a massive coronary. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I don't feel bad for what he went through as a child yeah. to turn him into this. But. Oh man, saying that in Portland was like Ugh. was like saying Hitler was a fucking nice guy. It's like well, no, I just you can feel bad for people. You know, you don't turn out like that having a great shot. Well, sometimes you do, but <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too. Uh, you know, all the shit that I put myself through, or you know, went through. Like, I really hope it doesn't. It had and it, it hasn't. I think now I can safely say it hasn't malformed me into a tyrannical figure. Even though I definitely show traits or I react as such as somebody. That hasn't fully, you know, uh, transcended that trauma or the, you know, whatever uh, bullshit. But, uh, you know, it's very, uh, yeah, it's very apparent to me that, you know, he he as a human, obviously that that malformation happens not by a child's hand, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it starts young and it's it's not it's it's not his fault but at the same time oh no it's uh, yeah wait let me just stop you it's 100 yeah. percent his fault that, uh, yeah that doesn't mean I oh i meant like his more. yeah yeah his his yeah. His, his, his childhood because your, your choices are your own like right you, you have to get over that shit and right it's one of those i forgot like, i've yeah. got to be very very careful with this because yeah you're absolutely right you know there's i had uh Anthony Alvarado, a good friend you know i agree with him a lot he wrote a very anti-trump book it was almost like a crime think book about you know kind of grassroots resistance and i caught myself being really skittish about questions about not um uh, about about treating people on the opposite aisle as as monsters or less than human and i found myself being very uh trepidatious about uh talking to him about republicans as people and i thought that was kind of unacceptable for me to feel you know, uh, because they are <laughs> like, yeah. absolutely. Um, and we're all just trying to do the best with what we got. Some of us are crooked as fuck though. And, you know, need to be handled and they, they will, you know, one way or another, but, uh, overall, like there's a large part of me that sees the kind of the dour in both camps. And... Well, that's what I said. Like that last election, like, I, I don't like Hillary Clinton. She's a warmongering fucking sociopath. I forget that. That doesn't mean I have to vote for him. Like, right. because we live in this dichotomy, like, it's left or right, and there's yeah. maybe there's a third party vote, but, like, that doesn't, that doesn't, like, yeah. don't fucking, for, I'm allowed to have opinions on both. Absolutely. Well, oh, no, you can't, like, no, that means you're, you're if you're anti-Hillary, you're pro-Trump. No, yeah, I hate, I'm anti-both of them. <laughs> it's hard for me to even, you know, choose a part or a team and yet I still find myself reassuring people that I'm a liberal, which I am, but that I have to because I have some, you know, dissenting opinion about yeah. one thing or another. And so then I have to go and back up my entire political foundation, <laughs> totally. you know, <laughs> like to do so. And yeah, it's it's just a bummer on all on all fronts that way. And I'm kind of pro Bernie Sanders. Is weird. Course, like I know that's not yeah. like it's certainly not odd in Portland, but he's kind of the first politician in a long time that I'm like, wait, I agree with like everything this dude says. Like, yeah. there's, there's no stance that he takes that I'm against. Like, me too. I kind of love this man. And so after like after the DNC thing, how can you have liked Hillary? It felt yeah like a complete. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a complete con, you know, especially as, you know, Bernie supporters would feel. So there's like there's a huge divide not being talked about 
in the in the gray not even the gray area though you know the uh cobalt blue yeah. area you know still still pretty dark um well she's just pro war so for me that's like it's not yeah. like a it's kind of like and any democrat's gonna be but it's just one of these things where like i don't want people murdered like yeah. i don't i don't like this country enough like i, I like amen there's like, no good reason yeah. yeah like i don't so like like i find it disgusting paying taxes because like the, most of that money goes to like murdering brown people yeah and it's and i i can't do it i'm not going to give a vote and to that people you know respond with oh you're wishy-washy oh no it's you you don't have a right to talk if you don't vote it's like well motherfucker you voted for like a war hawk like yeah you voted to murder brown people so who's the you know <laughs> Again, I mean, this yeah. liminal space of like, yeah, I don't, I have no, I guess I don't have a stance in the country. I but mean, I'm, honestly, I'm, in that case, whoever didn't win threw away their vote. You know, it's yeah. like that. That's just a, a fallacy to, to think that way. But yeah, I, you know, I'm, I have a hard time, uh, with the subject mainly, you know, because of just the vitriol on 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 both angles, especially in Portland. It's really hard to kind of rise up against or rise above a lot of the the loudest parts of uh the left i guess you could say which you know are just as bad as the loudest parts of the right and blah 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 and we can talk about this forever and i'm probably digging myself a hole right now well, actually you... hey, here's the thing is, i probably wouldn't go that far though because as much as as much as right. you claim to be a centrist the right is like no the right, the right is absolutely is the worst like i mean yeah. it's like it's I think there, is the a, there is a point where like at some point you do have to just run yeah. the bath and go no just looking at it oh yeah, absolutely they're yeah. pro-racism like shooting people with guns like oh you know, absolutely like, there is a point where like yeah i don't like the, the the radical left and they're kind of shitheads but like no definitely definitely better yeah. than the radical right <laughs> i think what i meant yeah i wasn't no, even, I got what, I yeah got talking about the Streams yeah, yeah. too, but yeah. I'm just talking more like just specifically in Portland is yeah. uh, how to how to raise above that that clatter. And you know, we don't have any opposition here from from the right. We're you know like a little well, well the Beirut, I five corridor, the, yeah, but like oh right, outside, yeah. every I mean, surrounding. Well, I mean they town, say yeah, they say know? like the 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 governor the gubernatorial gubernatorial race. I guess they, that's who's supposed to say it is. Mm-hmm. It's a close call right now. Like really? they could go right. It, and this is very much based on I read one headline at work. So yeah. again, very much don't listen to Alex for facts, especially about politics, because I gave up reading it years ago. But yeah. that was a headline that it could be close because you know I think the the kind of not I five corridor places in in Oregon are getting annoyed at the you know vociferous loud yeah Portland you know Antifa. But again, yeah, and that's a bummer yeah. because that I'm sure obviously that that wasn't their intention. And they were, they were fighting fire with fire. Yeah, yeah. but they're anti-fascist. You gotta, if you're against the fascist, that's the right. side. You, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where. That's a weird turn to this country where, that's yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know it's how just, that. It's yeah. just crazy to me that, uh, the Democrats aren't showing up to vote still. Like that's what's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess like you know, I still feel the burn, uh, full pun intended, about you know the DNC thing and like how really how much my my vote is worth now but with these primaries coming up uh all the all the i guess we all know how to treat polls now after 2016 but you know all the polls saying that like you know there's this blue wave isn't really coming and it's like how is everybody not out fighting for i don't know i think this the disillusionment and the disenfranchisement that comes with all of this and middle america and them seeing results uh, without really thinking about the long term or 
thinking about the generations after them or the, you know, the important, you know, moral decisions within uh, running a country and its people and all that and really going for the tax breaks and, you know, the, the, the quick to pocket stuff is, you know, it's, it's just a, it's an inevitable fight, you know? Yeah. And it's a sexy way. Like it's just, it's, you know, the yeah. immediacy of things. I, yeah. I, again, I feel bad for them too. I, I and I've, I've been saying this for years. Our country should break up. Like <laughs> it's too big. There's too many weirdnesses in it. You're like, right. There's, there's yeah. no reason fucking Oregon and, and, you know, one of those weird states like Kansas should be the same country. That's yeah. why are we voting for the same? It's just weird to have a leader of all that. You or know? have the same representatives and yeah, everything. Super yeah. strange. All right. So dude, we're, we're like after an hour here. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. We left it on politics. I hope that. Oh uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's ace. Um, I, it, we left it on politics, but in a, we're both kind of weirdly centrist and though we did actively agree that the right is wrong. And I think that's yes. pretty much the, 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 the all the, the, the magic and, those fuckers can claim yeah. with memes doesn't make up for the fact they're all sons of bitches. Yeah, I did like the witches though. They're doing the head hex the patriarchy thing. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the on the other side. Yeah, yeah. No, I just found yeah. that funny. Yeah. yeah, I think they're doing one for Kavanaugh. I read too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's well not I working. mean, it's probably working with Trump. Just no one gives a shit. Like all this shit's coming out. It's all true. this scandal. Yeah. Like he's kind of untouchable. It's yeah. what I call dumb magic. The guy just he has he has no barometer for moral like worry, so of course nothing affects him. Well, yeah, I mean he's the first person to realize it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you can just get away with it, and yeah. I, you know, unfortunately, I think that sets the that precedent. the process yeah. is so fucking rigid and hard yeah. that it would cause more to even care. So. Yeah, yeah, well, break up the country. It. Go Cascadia. That's what I'm going okay. with. Oh, I like it. All right, so we didn't have time to talk about music, but you mm. have a, a, a like a public music thing that oh, yeah. you can check you out on? Yeah, I've been doing uh, the Dakota Slim for over a decade now, and you can find that at dakotaslim.net. And I just released an album uh, of eight songs, and it's uh, a very – the only intention – I didn't have the intention of making one, but it's probably the, the greatest – most intuitive thing I've ever done and it's called Cactus Crown and you can find that at dakotaslim.bandcamp.com and that has a lot of audiomancy in it so yeah good confluence of woo woo and rock and roll yeah, I, I think Woo and Rock and Roll have an ultimate background. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what the uh, well, I mean, that's what a lot of the old uh, Mahabharata and like the old the old texts say that uh, the world was sung into existence. It's all vibration. Yeah, the music of so, the spheres. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So music, you know, kind of connecting. All right. So DakotaSlim.net. You can find your Bandcamp, Cactus Crown, and where do we find your podcast? Podcast is PragMagic.com. That's P-R-A-G-M-A-G-I-C-K.com. And yeah, uh, and then, you know, iTunes find all the episodes shit, yeah. on iTunes, wherever pods are casted. And yeah, uh, Patreon is patreon.com slash we the hallowed. That's W E T H E W O W E T H E H A L L O W E D. And that's the art collective that uh, is kind of behind everything. We the hallowed. Wait, what is We the Hallowed? Like, what is the what? I was trying to figure that out when I was yeah. Looking at so yesterday. it's it's uh, it's an alt. I call it a, a multimedia occult art collective, or uh, so it's uh, various artists in various mediums kind of working together to finish each other's you know help finish each other's projects and kind of conjure stuff. But we also come together. We do what we call audio sigils, which are music compilations of the the bands within the art collective we just compiled a 
literary journal that you can find on Amazon under We the Hallowed that I edited. And um, yeah, you know, so so we all come together to make these big kind of artistic metaphysical uh, things, but we also support each other's independent individual. Oh, cool. Uh, Non-related kind of works too so yeah and that's 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 behind prague magic the podcast no i dig it yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah. all right well uh yeah man thanks for coming on it was a delightful talk to you oh i really appreciate it thanks man all right see you guys bye